The following shiur has been presented by Rabbi Yehoshua Sova, Rabbi of Kehillat Shari Ezra, Miami Beach, Florida. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Be'ezrat Hashem, we will be discussing this week's parasha, Parashat Pinchas, where we discuss the idea of Moshe Rabbeinu appointing his beloved Talmid, Yoshua ben Nun, to fulfill his tafkid, his role as being the next leader. And the Farshim tell us that this tafkid of Yoshua being the manhig was not stam to be a leader. It was rather, he had a din melech, he had an actual halachic ramification of being that of a king, which we'll see has very far-reaching consequences. And the Torah tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu was asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what type of person should he appoint as the successor to him, the Torah tells us, Ish Asher Ruach Bo. It has to be a man that the Ruach is within him, the spirit is within him. Rashi tells us from the Midrash, what does it mean the spirit is within him? That he could be sovel kol echad vechad. He could be sovel, he could know how to withstand all the differing opinions of various factions of Kal Yisrael and the different withering criticism he may endure or the other pieces of advice people may give him and he'll need to do what he needs to do, Leman Hashem. The Hamakdavar brings down, the Nitzit brings down, that why does it say, Ish Asher Ruach Bo, a man with a spirit within him? He says, because it had to be, Ruach Bo is not referring to spirit within Yahushua. Rather, it had to be a spirit within Moshe Rabbeinu. He had to feel very confident that this next leader would be somebody that had the same spirit and the same level of integrity and wholesomeness and honesty and up, uh, uprightness and being there for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and superseding his own personal needs for that of HaKadosh Baruch Hu before anything else. And of course, that of Kali Sahel. And Moshe Rabbeinu had to have it. It would be somebody that would be mamshich in his derech to continue in his path that he set, the course, and that person would be able to lead Kali Yisrael as well. It's very well known. The Gemara tells us that if not for the Kali Yisrael doing chataim, for the sins that we have done, all the Nevi'im except for Chamishi Chumshei Torah and Sefer Yehoshua would be left for us. So we want to interpret that to mean is that Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, I had a Talmud that was literally just like me. Like we say, Moshe Rabbeinu is the Shemesh, the sun, Yeshua is Levana, which is reflecting the beauty and the brilliance and the light of the sun. It was just a continuation of Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore, it had to have been somebody that literally was Mamshich Terecho, he was continuing in his path as well. We were thinking another possible interpretation, or why did the Torah go out of its way of saying, Ruach, spirit, we know that the minimum, according to Sifre Kabbalah, the minimum that a person has within them is Nefesh Ruach Neshama. Nefesh is the animalistic desires that a person has, Nefesh Abahamit, and we have the Ruach, which is the energy that the person has, which is sort of more or less a stable, stabilizing factor. It's like in between. And then we have the nishama, which is kulei ruchani. And that manifests itself in a person's thought process, how they express themselves in speech, and all the different things that make the person have a creative bend towards them. That is more of a spiritual element, and that is nishama. So we're thinking... 
Ish asher ruach bo. It has to be a man that has ruach bo. His ruach, his stabilizing factor, his bo is contained within him. He does not get swayed. It's always chatzi zakai chatzi chayav. It's always half is innocent, half is guilty. Literally going exactly shaveh b'shaveh that everyone felt that they had a 50-50 chance no matter what it was the she'elah they had that Yahushua would be impartial to whatever it was that they were beseeching on behalf of him. Which is a very important nikudah for anyone who's in leadership that they have to be able to approach any problem and say, how would I be able to look at this from an outsider's perspective, as an objection, as an some type of objective that you want to see, am I able to be impartial towards that or not? Like my father told me a number of years ago, before I took the job as being a rav, he told me, make sure you keep your job very serious, but yourself not so serious. The second you mix the two, you're done. Why? Because if you look at it. That if I'm the, somebody told me a litmus test for knowing that is, if you were to able to pluck yourself out of the situation and be an outsider and look at the same scenario, would you respond the same way if you would be an outsider or not as a dogma? Let's say you saw somebody attacking another Jew. You would be like, hey, what are you doing? And run over and try to help. What are you doing? Don't lay your hands on that person. So if that person happens to be you that's being attacked, then you could defend yourself. Because the same way you would not tolerate someone being accosted by another person, so the same thing if it's yourself. However, if somebody were to make fun or say some snide comments or remarks that you don't feel comfortable with, so some people say, okay, just move on. You're a big person. You don't have to respond to that. So if that person happens to be you, you don't need to respond as well. It's a fantastic golden nugget into what leadership is and how especially someone who's a melech, because especially someone who has absolute power, as Winston Churchill was famously quoted, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And if a person is able to go above the fray and understand that if they're given such incredible power, they're able to tone it down and maintain the dignity of every single one of their subjects as if there's someone who's chatziz, achkav, chatziz, chayav, he'd be able to lead with great leadership and that imprint will be felt for many generations to come. We'd like to pivot based on this idea of Yahushua being a melech to sh- illustrate a story that happened a number of years ago and many of the poskim didn't want to talk about it because they wanted to be in good graces with those people in power and they wanted to maintain a low profile with the she'edah. When President Trump was in power and Bezat Hashem hopefully come back, when he was in power, so his son-in-law Yoel Jared Kushner was uh, very happy that two countries on their own initiative and with much coaxing decided to make peace with Israel, with the United States, brokering the peace deal. So one of the countries was Bahiran. So Bahiran was, is ruled by a king and uh, they were a little apprehensive, uh, stoking the hatred and fear that many of the pan-Arab states would have towards them having somewhat of a peace deal and and breaking tradition from all the co- countries trying to ignore the the problem of the Middle East known as, as Israel. And they were very nervous that many people would not be would not be happy with that. And even if they're getting all, multiple deals and a lot of money, etc., they still felt they are going not going to be in the good graces of the Arab world. And the story goes that Jared Kushner 
wanted to show a tremendous amount of akaratatov. So uh, the king of Bahrain was presented by Mr. Jared Kushner with a Sefer Torah towards him. And uh, some people were very uncomfortable that he did that because, okay, you want to give him a Torah, that's one thing. You want to give some other item that has Jewish connotations, uh, Magen David, or some other th- item that uh, hints to the Akaratatov, that he took this bold step, and it's something that obviously is, is very substantial, and it's worth a lot of money. So why are you giving a Sefer Torah? Who knows what he's going to do with it? At best, he'll keep it in some closet. Who knows if it will be kept upright? There's no proper kavod that's going to be accorded it. So why was he doing that? And uh, many people had a discussion back and forth if you're allowed to do that or not. And this very she'ela of bringing a Sefer Torah to a king was actually discussed by the Boskim. As a, a end note to that story, the king was so moved that he was presented with a Sefer Torah he actually approached some members of the community. There seems like there's been a small Jewish community for some time there. And although many of them made Aliyah after 1948, there still remained a presence of Jews there. The king turned to a few of his subjects in the kingdom of Behran, and he said to them, I don't know what to do with the Sefer Torah. What's the proper kavod I could give to this? And he said, the proper kavod is to have the Sefer Torah being used. And he said, well, I'm not going to use it. But I, I, I'm very honored by that, that he gave that to me. I know that's something that normally would not be given to a non-Jew. So as a token of appreciation, the king of Bahrain, he gave the Sefer Torah to the Jewish community, of the, the main Bet Knesset there, and they use it to this day. It's actually the king's Sefer that they use every single day. But we, when we say it's the king's Sefer, we know it's Melech Machem Lachem HaKadosh Baruch But the point is, is that it was given with the proper kavanah and Baruch Hashem, there was a good result from that. But the question goes back to a different thing, which is, are you allowed to bring a Sefer Torah to a non-Jewish king? Is that not an affront to the honor of the kavod of the Sefer Torah? So, Chacham Avadia in Sefer Yabia Omer, Chelek Dalet, in Orachayim Simen Tetvav, on the page, Petet, in the New Madura, he brings down from the Knesset Gdola, in the Yaradea Reshpebed, and he brings down from the, the Ridvaz that says, there was a minhag in many mikomot that they would take out a Sefer Torah when the Hegmon or the Melech would come to their community to show that we show complete honor while even taking our most sacred item from our most sacred place, the Sefer Torah from the Hechal, and we're bringing it outside to the king to show our great honor for him. So the question was, not Question one was, that obviously it's a minhag that people did that, so we don't want to question that, but what would be if the king came on Shabbat? Are you allowed to take a Sefer Torah or not? So he goes into a fascinating discussion about if a person is allowed to take a Sefer Torah out, because precedent has already been given that the king is kind of expecting to have the Sefer Torah greet him. And to not bring the Sefer Torah out would be an affront to his honor. So he discusses about that, if a person will be allowed to do that, and he says, what they did was, they brought it out less than Dalad Amot, or they brought it out with a guy, because the king doesn't know who's Jewish and who's not, and they had him dressed up like a Jew. If they know that the king will be insulted, and they can't be mefayesim with mamon, to give him some type of kesef, and make him feel good, and uh, somewhat pay, and give a gift, or whatever it might be, if the king is more into pomp and circumstance, and having some type of beautiful ceremony with the Sefer Torah and you can't get out of it, those two ideas of tiltul, of 
going less than four amot, or having a guy carry it would be allowed, which goes into a different shayla if a guy is allowed to hold a sefer Torah. Yerbitzah Zilberstein has that, and he has a whole machlok in Boskim. If you're allowed to do that, it's very relevant. If a guy comes to visit a Beit Knesset, or you have someone who, let's say, is in the process of conversion, and this person wants to feel comfortable, and you want them to feel comfortable, so you give them some type of uh, kibud, and you want them to hold a sefer Torah, it's machlok in the Boskim if a person is allowed to do that. We personally had that in our Beit Knesset, and uh, we had a situation like that that some, the Gabbai thought that this person who was in the process of conversion actually converted, and they were mechabed, that person. So somebody came over to me and quickly ran over and said, quick, take the Sefer Torah from the guy. You can't have him hold it. And I said, for a case like this, for Kavod Abriot, where we already gave it, we're not going to take it away from him. You can't embarrass somebody like that. You could be Samech another she thought that hold, it's okay. But Lechatchila to do that, no. So what we did was, we told the Gabbai afterwards that he didn't actually convert. Oh, he was so sorry. He apologized profusely. He said, don't worry about it. It's okay. And he said, no, I didn't realize. I heard he was converting. I didn't realize it meant that he's in the process of converting, not that he actually converted. He didn't convert yet. So he, he said to me, I won't give any kibudim. I said, no, you could do p'tichata hechali. You could open, open up that on HaKadosh. That, that's totally fine. So uh, that went on for some time. And the person was not the wiser. He didn't realize he was... Uh, being taken care of, and we want to preserve his dignity, and also at the same time, most importantly, preserve the dignity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the question is, if a person is allowed to do that, and sort of bring an affront to the honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with bringing a Sefer Torah out to a non-Jew. This idea of Kavot Sefer Torah being Midi-Oraita, being a Minat Torah, Chamovadi brings down from the Gemara and Kiddushin, Daf Lamed Gimel Bed, that says, If in front of the people, who learn in front of the Torah, we stand up, is it not a koshaken? Is it not for sure a fortiori to say that for sure in front of the Sefer Torah itself, we shouldn't stand up? And he brought from the Sefer, Mechtav Lechizkiyahu, in Sukkah Dachlamin Abu that he brings from the, uh, from the Sefer Shabbat Shalmi, that Kavod Sefer Torah, Sefer Torah is only Midderabanan, he argues on that shita, and he says, if that's the case, then how, even whether you say it's Midioraita or Midirabanan, how could you bring out a Sefer Torah because of Kfon Machut? Is Kfon Machut such an important thing? So Chamavadia brilliantly brings down the Gemara in Berachot Tachyotet Amalbet that tells us, Amar of Elazabar of Tzadok, what happened was, Megagalin Gabe Aronot Shel Metim, Lekrat Machay Yisrael, that they would tell even Kohanim that if a Melech would be on his way towards a certain city, all the inhabitants of the city would come out to show honor to the king. And they even went so far as to literally stand on top of the graveside of many people who were buried there and literally skip over the graves of people to greet a, a, a Jewish king. And says the Gemara further, even to greet a non-Jewish king. So ask the Gemara, how could that be? So says Gemara, Yavchin, because of it, we will be able to understand what the difference is between Malchei Omot Olam and Malchei Yisrael. How big of a difference there is between them. We make two totally different brachot. Shechalak mekvodo liyereav, or shechalak mekvodo lebasar vadam. So the Gemara says, Va'amai, why don't we say, Nema ein chachma, vein tfuna, vein etzele, neged Hashem. Why don't we say, there's no way to get out of this. <laughs> you, that's nice, you want to see Melachim, but you're a Kohen. I still for you to do that. 
So the Gemara tells us, no, 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 three different answers. Since most Aronot have a halal tefach, since most of the graves or the coffins ha- that are planted in the ground, even if you want to say that it's not with no coffin, but there's a halal tefach, there's at least a tefach of airspace between the dead person and the, where the, 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 the grave mark is, that is enough to make a mechitza, so it's not a problem. But Rabbanan Udgazor and the Chachamim say that it's a gezerah that still Kohanim should not go in such a place, just in case there may be a place that it does not have a halal tefach. And the Gemara says another answer, Umishum Kvod Melachim Lo Gazor Rabbanan. And another reason is because Kvod Melachim trumps that of Gezerah de Rabbanan. That trumps this idea of that Kvod Melachim are Gozer de Rabbanan for them to have a Gezerah on that. So the question asked Chamavadi is, how could it be that we could take out a Sefer Torah when it's not L'Tzorach Kriya? So you're going to tell me, okay, there's no, there's Kvod Melachim, there's no Gezerah de Rabbanan, but okay, but we only take out a Sefer Torah if there's a reason for it. Just stop to take out a Sefer Torah for no reason. That should be Asur. And it reads from the Yerushalmi in Yoma and Perak Zayin that says that it's, we're allowed to take a Sefer Torah out for an Adam Chashuv. As long as it's being taken out for Tzorach Kriya. So it makes the question very strong over here. How can you take a Sefer Torah out when you're not doing with it? It's complete window dressing here. There's nothing of any substance that's being done with the Sefer Torah, only bringing it out to show something. That's a bizayon. So he brings an answer that us giving honor to the king is mechabed the Torah. Like the Pasuk says, Bi melachim yimlochu. I, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I make kings kings. And there's no zilzul, chas v'shalom, in an esor de'araita, in such a case. And even if you want to say, that Gemara Berachot that says that there's no din of, of a gezerah de Rabbanan, where it's kavod melachim, you could say over there, there's not such a real kavod melech, and that's why the Gemara is asking back and forth, are you allowed to do that or not? Because you're just running, and you're running to see the difference between Malchei Akum and Malchei Israel. So that should be a reason to be Mater Esor Torah. But to go out with the Sefer Torah, the Kavod Machut, maybe I'll say that, maybe there's a problem with that. And Hamavadi brings down in Hara on this, on this, on this discussion, he says, and if you look in the Chinuch, in the Mitzvah Shin Ayantet, at the end, he says that he allowed a person or people to go out with the Sefer Torah to greet non-Jewish kings. Black and white, he says that straight up. And he brings down from the Marishtam, then Chalagimo Kuftzam Lechet, that he says, it was very well known that Ampurim, the story goes, is that the king of a certain country of Saragossa, he wanted to greet the people there and see what their Purim was all about. So the people, in an, a show of honor towards this king, they came out with the Sefer Torah. And everyone was wondering, what in the world, how could that be? And the Chachamim of this city, Saragossa, they were very smart. What they did was, it seems like, uh, I guess it was the Sephardi Sefer Torah, they took out the, the Sefer Torah from the tick, from the actual case. So everyone saw the case, but they didn't realize that there's nothing in the case. And uh, the, the king doesn't know anything. He doesn't know any better. So they were able to get around that. Be that as it may, what you see from here is, there's no Yisra Torah for bringing out a Sefer Torah for a Kavod of the Melech. And we see from here is that bringing a Sefer Torah out for such a king would not be a problem according to the poskim. And that, what the Ridvaz says, taking out a Sefer Torah for no reason, and you have to come for Pachat Pachot Pachot Midal Amot, or a guy could take it out, 
He says, because it, we're talking about Hilchot Shabbat over here, which there's Isur Skila, as well as Anase Docha, Anase Vilota Ase of Zachor, Shabbat, Yom Shabbat Kacho, and Lota Semelacha. And even if you want to tell me that it's, uh, only the Rabbanan, and you're allowed to do something for Kvod Machut, and there's no Gzera de Rabbanan, and he says parenthetically, like we find with Mordechai Tzadik, that when he came to to plead on behalf of the Jewish people, so we all know that Haman got killed on Tedzai Nisan. He got hung on the second day of Pesach. And he came to the king, and uh, the Midrash says that he got Giluach, he got a haircut to look proper in front of the king. How's he allowed to do that? Yom Tov Sheni. So one, people say, is that no, not Yom Tov Sheni, it was uh, only Cholamoyed. And what's Cholamoyed? What are you talking about? It's a Chutzler, it's Israel. It was in Shushan, so we're clearly talking about Yom Tov Sheni. So they say, Yom Tov Sheni, what did he do already? They say, what do you mean? Tasporet, we find like, that you're Messiah, if you allow someone to cut your hair, you're still involved in that. So the point is, he says that, the Chachamim of Yom Tov Sheni de Rabbanan, are, when it comes to Kvod Machut, we won't make Gzera de Rabbanan, especially in a case like here, of Matzav Sakana, that the Jewish people's lives are hanging in the balance. And he says, another parenthesis with Yosef HaTzadik, that when he got pulled out of the dungeon on Rashana and he got a haircut, you could say that's Kodem Matan Torah. You don't even have to come on to that Gzera de Rabbanan, because that's only assuming it's the second day of Yom, of Yom Tov, and otherwise, Mashma, if it will be the first day, it will be a for him to do that. And he says, according to Rabbi Meir, that there's no love, there's a love here, the Sheinbo Mamish, because it's not considered a Messiah, because what are you doing? You're just bringing the Sefer Torah, and you're just holding it. And uh, over here, the fact is, it's Kavon Melachim for this case, and he even brings from the Petchei Tshuva in, in Yoredei Aresh Bet Ben, that says, straight up, Ein Lemchot, you should not uh, make a Machat, and make a, a big uh, to-do about the fact that people have a Minhag to be taking out a Sefer Torah for a Kavod HaMelech. So what we see from here is that based on all these Shittot, that if a person wants to show Kavod for the king, they could take a Sefer Torah out to greet the king. Whether or not Mr. Kushner was correct in doing that, that may be a different discussion because on the one hand, no one forced him to bring a Sefer Torah in the first place. Unless you want to say that he wanted to establish precedent by saying that no, we want to show you that we're so Makir Tov that you are showing that you want to sustain the Jewish people and have an everlasting relationship, what better way to show that than show our everlasting Brit, that the special bond that we have, the Sefer Torah, that shows the Jewish people are eternal, just like the Sefer Torah. And he wanted to show the king that you have a chelek in this, you have somewhat of a, a partnership with this by giving of the Sefer Torah to that. And we see that, Baruch Hashem, Hashem was very good to Mr. Kushner by allowing that the Jewish community could be the beneficiaries of such a gift that the Sefer Torah is used to this day. So what we see from here is that when one is a king, it has to be with great dedication and great leadership, and it's a, not a simple matter at all, because when you're the king, you're kolel et akol, and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to make sure, that Yeshua would be somebody that would have the stability and have the ruach, he would carry over the same spirit that he had, that of complete selflessness and complete dedication to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his people, and most importantly, the Torah. So Be'ezat Hashem, we should look for ways that we could be a melech, that we are b'nei melachim, every one of us are shayach to being part of this, every person could be 
part of the Malchut Shakai, that they could be part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kingdom, and that's Chut Bezat Hashem, we should become greater and more powerful and leadership, in, and we should show leadership in whatever it is that we do every single day.